Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to Criminalia. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Maria Tremarki. And this week, we are talking about a woman named Marie Benau. And she had a knack for getting ahead in life by employing poison. Uh, that is how she eventually gained her nickname, which was the Black Widow, likening her, of course, to the spiders that kill their mates for money. Uh, <laughs> at least once they had served their purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the most amazing thing about Marie, though, um, not that she was accused of poisoning at least a dozen people, but that she got away with it. And with each time, she got wealthier. Spoiler alert. I know. Marie was born Marie Davayot to a farming family in Loudun, France, in 1896. And she was educated at a convent school, not all that unusual for the place and time. And she was remembered by her classmates, though, as being, quote, vicious and immoral and wild with boys. Well, you know, 
they also <laughs> described her as mean. So she didn't really curry a lot of favor from early childhood. <laughs> when she was 24, so we're fast forwarding a little bit till when she's an adult, she married her cousin, Auguste Antigny. The two actually were first cousins. Um, the way that that worked out was her mother was his father's sister. Now, this was not an arranged marriage. This was just your... Yeah, just a just just a friendly cousin marriage. Moving along, yeah. Um, <laughs> so these two cousins in love had been married for seven years when Auguste became ill and he died, and the official cause of his death was listed as tuberculosis. Uh, but what we're going to find out later is that he he did not die of uh, TB, or as it was commonly called at the time, the galloping consumption. Um, but let's not gallop ahead of ourselves. So when he died, Marie's husband left her 7,240 francs. And while that wasn't like a huge amount, she wasn't set for life, it also was not a meager sum to come into. Right. Um, she was still she was living with her parents, and so she didn't have to worry about a rent or anything. This was her money. Um, when she was 31, that's when she became a widow. And it didn't take very long for her friends to start encouraging her to find another husband, as she that's what one did at the time. Um, her parents, too, encouraged her to remarry, although they may have been more concerned about gaining an extra hand for their farm than about Marie's love life or her personal security. Listen, I'm from farm stock. I understand this ideology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It just, you know, like yeah. wishing your daughter to be in love is also a good thing. <laughs> right. There's a there's a reason that a lot of farm families have late in life babies and it's because they need more hands. I'm not kidding. <laughs> right. Grieving for her husband, Marie initially turned down every potential suitor that her friends and family suggested. But then, in 1928, Marie met Léon Bénard, and it is said that her cousin, Pascaline, made this match. And Marie married him within a year after her first husband's death. Léon ran a saddle and harness shop, which was about 48 miles away from her parents' farm. And although their marriage remained childless, and there were some rumors about infidelity, we'll talk a little bit about that, mm -hmm. the two of them actually appeared to be a pretty contented couple together. Neighbors and friends could never recall ever seeing them fight. So Leon had a nickname for his new bride, which was Mouche, which means fly in French. And I'm actually really not sure if that should be in the positive or the negative category of the relationship, but there it is. Uh, you know, it's also common for uh, French people to call their beloved a cabbage so right it could be perfectly lovely like you know? <laughs> and and among couples you know you never you never know what's going on yeah. between people like it might have been a very loving happy funny Absolutely. nickname it could have just been that she was a pest i have no idea <laughs> right sweet little fly uh because it's french it sounds cute it does um, right Mouge, yeah over the years, Léon and Marie actually became pretty wealthy. They did really well for themselves. They ended up owning six houses. They had an inn. They had a cafe. And they also owned two farms where they bred horses. So not too bad. So that's, that's money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not very long after they got married, Léon began disappearing in the evenings and it was not for work. Uh, and the local gossips didn't hesitate to point an accusatory finger at two women in particular in town. One, they told Marie, was her cousin, Pascaline, um, the very same woman who had introduced the two. Um, and he was also said to be having an affair with the postmistress, Louise Pintou. 
And it turns out that Leon did have a roving eye, but it always seemed like Marie just kind of turned a blind eye to his indiscretions. When he died um, in October of 1947, his doctor did not list the cause of death as anything suspicious. It was listed as uremia. So knowing what Marie's future would hold, as we have this great perspective, (laughs) uh, his cause of death is actually pretty interesting. Okay, and this is why. So this is a condition that most commonly develops when you've already been diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. This isn't something that you're just like, oh, like a UTI or something. You know, this is something that's long standing disease of your kidneys. Um, It happens when all the toxic waste products in your body start to build up because your kidneys just can't remove them from you anymore. And once they get to a toxic level, that can be fatal. So here is why we are telling you all of this and why it is interesting. (laughs) This type of kidney damage can also be caused by repeated long-term exposure to arsenic. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, so, oh, Marie! Oh, no, what's happening in this little French town? Quel dommage! <laughs> so, though the investigation into the murders surrounding Marie initially focused only on the death of Leon, um, we'll get to that, it turns out that she wasn't just targeting a husband. When we come back, we're going to expose Marie as a serial poisoner. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. 
I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Criminalia, where we're about to name Marie's targets. So nine years before Léon Bénard died of uremia in 1938, Léon's great-aunt, Madame Marie-Louise Lecomte, died, presumably of natural causes, due to her old age. She was 86 at the time, and she had been ill for a considerable period before this. It was actually Marie who was sort of her nursemaid and cared for her at the end of her life. So because she had never had any children, there was great speculation over who would be remembered in her will. And the whole family knew that Marie-Louise had a considerable amount of savings. And Marie and Léon thought that they were going to be the recipients of her wealth. After all, she had moved in with them at that point, and Marie had been her caregiver. But it turned out it was neither of them that was named in the will. Léon's parents, who were still alive, inherited everything. Furious, they received nothing for their good deeds. Neither Marie nor Leon attended the funeral. And the second death that Marie is accused of at this point, because remember, we're going back in time before her husband, 
is actually her husband's best friend. Interestingly, according to some accounts of this story, Toussaint was one of the men Marie may or may not have had an affair with. Maybe there were some infidelities in this marriage. The other affair speculation was that there was a German handyman who worked at their home and on their farm. Marie's infidelities, though, may or may not have been factual. Uh, Both men denied the affairs over the years, and Marie never seems to have even addressed them. Uh, This is probably the gossip mill in her small town at its finest, but you never know, because sometimes rumors have bases in fact. So, to go back to that first person Maria mentioned, Toussaint Rivet and his wife Blanche may have actually been boarders in Marie and Léon's home. Or they might have actually just been neighbors. The record gets a little unclear on this point. But what we do know is that Toussaint and Léon were very good friends. So Toussaint had been unwell, and Marie had helped his wife care for him during this time. He wasn't a poor man. I read in one source that he was a baker, but I couldn't verify that really anywhere. Um, He was a poor when he died, and probably of no surprise, his wife was named as his sole heir in his will, as one does. This was really not acceptable for Marie. Uh, (laughs) She felt once again as though she had been slighted since she had once again been his deathbed caregiver. But as we'll see, she had some other projects going on. Uh, this was definitely, <laughs> this was definitely a woman who knew how to diversify her potential revenue streams. That's one way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so, through nefarious means, right? But, but uh, it's yeah. still a revenue stream, right? She's right. she's making herself wealthy here. Um, so it was Marie's father who was the next to pass away in May of 1940, um, which was about ten months after Toussaint's death. Uh, Marie and her mother shared the assets, which included two farms. And after her father's death, Marie's mother moved in with her and Leon. Never move in with Marie and Leon. That's yeah, that's what I know. the Bernards. Just don't board at their house. <laughs> good life advice. Solid life advice. It's like don't uh, dine with the Borgias, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh which makes their inn a whole fascinating question. I know, right? But... <laughs> I think didn't they have a cafe too? <laughs> sure. Delicious. <laughs> Just four months after the death of Marie's father, Léon's grandmother fell ill, and Marie stepped in to care for her. And when dear grand-mère died, she left her assets. Once again, they went to Léon's parents. So if it sounds like it's a bad time to be Léon's parents, it was. Yeah, uh, (laughs) a short two months later, Léon's father accidentally ate poisonous mushrooms and collapsed and died. And he had willed his assets to his wife. So now she had all the things. Right. As also makes sense. So as you might imagine, as we continue down this list of victims, Léon's mother was not a widow for for very long. Um, Four months, that's a fairly short time, four months after Léon's father's death, um, where that puts us now in January of 1941, for anybody who's keeping score here, uh, Leon's mother fell ill. Um, so guess who nursed her on her deathbed? Marie. So here's the thing. You would think the line of the line of deaths for them to finally get this, at this point, accumulated hefty inheritance would go right to them. But no, neither Marie nor Leon were named in the will. Instead... Leon's mother left all of her assets to her daughter, Leon's sister, Lucy. 
Two months go by after Leon's mother's death, and Leon discovers that his sister Lucy had hanged herself in her home. So while we don't know very much about Lucy or her story, which is very clearly a tragic one, um, her, her death was suicide, not by poison. It is still an interesting death in Marie's lineup because uh, Lucy didn't have a will when she died. And she had at this point just inherited a whole lot of real estate and a substantial amount of money from her parents. I mean, I think it was fairly substantial. It was like close to like 300,000 francs or something and like at least two houses. It was it was a nice chunk yeah. um, that I'm sure Marie thought should be hers. Um, so during the time she knew Marie, it said that Lucy had remarked at least once, um, and we quote this, I will not leave that Marie woman even a teaspoon. So I, that Marie woman really kind of says it all, doesn't it? Like, But under French law, her assets without a will would go to her next of kin, and that was Leon. Uh, yeah, I think that Lucy probably talked to Marie's um, classmates. Maybe they didn't. She's, she's mean. She's mean. <laughs> none, of them, like, <laughs> none of them liked him. So less than a year after Lucy's suicide, Blanche, remember, she was Toussaint Rivet's widow, also died. And Marie had stayed by her side as she lay dying. And Léon, very thoughtfully, bought her house right out from under her. What happened there was under a life annuity contract, which you could still do now. It was very popular at the time in France. Um, ownership of Blanche's house would have been transferred to Léon and he would pay her monthly until she died. But... She died so quickly that he actually never ended up having to pay her anything. So Blanche, grateful for Marie's comfort, is the one person who did name Marie as her sole heir in her will. Finally! Right? She's like, I'm getting the recognition I deserve. Right? She's like, I feel all whole now. I can just take my money and go. I don't think she ever felt whole, but that's my speculation. <laughs> I think you're probably onto something there. So like... But for three years... It was quiet in her family. Um, three years went by without any deaths among Marie and Leon's friends and family, and they spent this time just generally buying things and enjoying their wealth. You know, they've, they've had a lot of mourning and death, so people probably thought, oh, at last, they're getting to have a good time. <laughs> they wear black all the time. <laughs> right. The Bernards are finally enjoying life. Yes. Good for them. In 1945, Marie's elderly cousins, Pauline and Virginie, were the next to go. The two of them had made that foolish mistake of moving in with the Bénards, and Marie was caring for them. This gets so strange, because under Marie's care, first, Pauline died after she mistook a bowl of lye left on the counter for her dessert one night. Now, I do want to say that lie at the time it wasn't so weird to have it on the counter because you could wash your dishes with it right but the idea that you would mistake it for like a bowl of ice cream or something seems really suspicious um and the other thing that's really suspicious is that amazing as it may sound virginie made the very same mistake not even a week later so this might be a good teachable moment um <laughs> Just as a rule of thumb, don't eat things you find left behind on the counter, even if they look like ice cream. Um, 
I mean, I have a I have a family member who accidentally ate a spoonful of butter that way, and they were horrified. But so it was butter, so, you know. When you discover it's lie, lie. And I also am like, how much did they eat before they realized? Like, were they just what's going on? Right. I would think that it would sort of feel funny in the mouth before you would swallow, but you I don't... would spit it out, right? We know that both Pauline, as we said, and Virginie were poisoned. However, it may not have been with lie. It, right. Um, you know, this is sometimes it's just a it makes the story a little bit better. But when you re- when you go back and you recall what's going on, lie doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense here. But hey, maybe it was like. <laughs> and, do, and we don't know. Like, this is the account given by Marie Bernard. Right? At her like, trial, so, yes. So, I mean, sure, her cousins yeah. were really, really <laughs> dopey and ate lie and thought it was dessert. I mean... It probably won't surprise you, though, that Marie and Leon were heir to both of their wills, however. <laughs> uh, so she made them a lie Sunday. Um, not long, not long at all after Leon and Marie inherited both Pauline and Virginie's estates, Leon, who was 55 at this time, started to experience terrible abdominal pain, and he also had vomiting and symptoms of kidney failure. He had a heart attack, and he finally fell into a coma, and in October of 1947, he passed away. And there was only one heir named on his will. Like They had no children. He lost his family and his sister, Uh, so Marie inherited everything. But wait, but wait. <laughs> there's, there's one more. I feel like there, there, we could all benefit from a flowchart at this point of like how the wealth has transferred and who has died and what's been accumulated. So, right. So there's one more. Um, less than two years after her husband died, Marie's mother, who was elderly and who was losing her sight, became sick with the flu, um, which was apparently... Um, Uh, really quite strong that year. So everyone was sort of falling down with it. But at this point, Marie was her mother's only heir and her mother died and she inherited a sizable nest egg from her. So this is once again, maybe a good time to pause. Uh, We haven't even gotten to any of the crazy trial business yet. And when we return, we're going to talk about why all of these deaths were not simply bad Baynard family luck. (laughs) Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome back to Criminalia, where we're talking about how there was no such thing as the Bernard family jinx. Although the Bernards had suffered an extraordinary number of deaths in a really short period of time, still, no one suspected that it was anything more than just bad luck. I mean, think about the number of funerals they went to in, like, what, five years? Um, The locals actually started referring to it as the Bernard family jinx. Until Leon died. And when he died, Marie inherited all of their accumulated wealth, and she finally emerged as a suspect. But not at first. As it turns out that when he fell ill, Leon became suspicious of his wife, and he told his possible lover, Louise, that Marie was trying to poison him. In the days after Leon's death, his possible mistress, Louise, concerned and very suspicious of Marie, sent a letter to the public prosecutor's office. 
And initially, her claim that Leon suspected his wife of poisoning him was just outright dismissed. But that, along with the suspicions of other citizens that had been brought to the prosecutor's office, uh, caused investigators to finally be swayed to at least take a cursory look into this vast swath of deaths. The first of the bodies that they exhumed was Marie's first husband, so dial it way back here. Two toxicologists found a significant amount of arsenic in his organs, um, and so, you know, maybe he didn't die of tuberculosis after all. And uh, recall when we mentioned earlier that uremia can be caused by arsenic poisoning when Marie's second husband was exhumed. An autopsy found that he, too, had ingested a large amount of arsenic over a period of time. So at this point, these two bodies both come back with arsenic and the judge orders the bodies of every member of Marie's family who died within 25 years before this to be exhumed. So by the time this investigation was over, fatal levels of arsenic had been found in 11 bodies. Each time a body was exhumed and then the findings were that it had been poisoned, the headlines would announce another one for Marie. So it's interesting to note that of all of the bodies that were exhumed, no arsenic was found in the remains of Marie's mother-in-law. Her cause of death had been pneumonia. So, I mean, actually, perhaps this was really one case where Mother Nature did the work for Marie. Yeah. She was probably like, whoo, I can put the arsenic away. Marie was arrested. That took place on July 21st, 1949. And she was charged with the poisoning of a total of 11 people, including her two husbands, parents, two cousins, a great aunt, two close friends, and possibly a couple of in-laws. She may have been accused of more than the poisonings, though. There's an account of her trial report, and it only appears in in one write-up of her trial that Marie was also accused of fraud. They reported that she had cashed pension payments that had been meant for one of her aunts, but it never comes up again. While awaiting trial, Marie's attorney, a dapper man named Henri Duclouseau, explained her defense. He said, quote, In this country of good wines and fine living, one might possibly conceive of one murder— Two murders, even three murders, but 11 murders? Marie's first trial took a little while for it to begin. It began in February 1952. Remember, she was arrested in 1949. Yeah. Well, they had to dig up all those bodies and do tests. They did. I mean, that does take a while. Exhumations are not, you don't rush them. So in the courtroom, Marie's attorneys questioned the coroner's methods and the tests that were being used for finding arsenic in a body. They accused the scientists who conducted the tests of mishandling evidence, or in some cases, altogether losing the evidence. They also led with a new theory suggesting that arsenic could enter a corpse from the soil around it um, through the actions of anaerobic bacteria, and no one tested the soil. So the defense could just go with that theory. Unable to come to any sort of verdict, the court ruled that it needed more time to review the scientific evidence and adjourned. So a new panel of experts comes in, and it takes them two years to review the forensic evidence from the first trial. They were forced to eliminate five of the charges at this time because there actually was no longer enough physical evidence to test anything in the corpse, whatever they exhumed, for arsenic. So Marie's second trial was also declared a mistrial. Seven years later, Marie went on trial again. But by now, we are talking about 1961. So that means that, like, Over the 12 years since this all began in a legal sense, 
Even more of the physical evidence had been lost, and that left very little physical evidence against her. After all, we are talking about, even in a best-case scenario, like going from the, the first trial, nine years at this point having gone by. I think it was like 12 from the first and maybe nine from the second or something. It, it, at least it's like a decade that we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. So experts admitted in court that the techniques that, that had been used to detect the arsenic were actually outdated tests and that there were too many factors to put the pieces together anyway, which I thought was really... I mean, who says that? Like, you're in court and you're like, there's too much to do here. Just, I can't do it. It's such an epic case of like, (laughs) I don't know anymore. Marie's attorney, in the meantime, had learned that the caretaker of the Ludin Cemetery, just where many of these people were buried, had grown a garden near the burial sites. And his garden included potatoes, which, uh, as is the case with many root vegetables, contain naturally occurring arsenic in their skins. The caretaker also admitted that he had sprinkled his garden with fertilizers that contained arsenic. And so both of these things could have contaminated the soil around the bodies. At least that was the defense's argument. So in addition to a problem with this evidence, there were witnesses now who retracted their earlier testimonies from the first and second trials. Um, And one of those witnesses to retract her testimony was his potential mistress that we talked about with Leon, Louise, um, who now admitted that Leon had actually never told her that he suspected his wife of trying to kill him. It was fabrication. It kind of seems like she suspected the wife and added Leon's name to make it have more gravity. I feel that way, too. The Queen of Poisoners, which is another nickname that Marie came to be known by, was acquitted during her third trial in December of 1961. The jury took only three hours and 25 minutes to deliberate. So in the end, Marie's case lasted across 12, maybe 13 years. She was in prison for about five of those years, but for most of the time she was out on bond. Um, But when she walked straight-faced, as they reported, from the courthouse on December 12th, 1961, she remained a free woman. A free woman with a lot of inherited assets. (laughs) She lived almost 20 more years. She died in 1980 on, on Valentine's Day. Yeah, Marie is one of those interesting cases because... You and I have talked many times about the fact that uh, in researching any of these women that we've talked about on the show so far, there's almost always something that you admire or identify with them or, you know, Marie is a little harder. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot that's likable about her. Yes. No, I completely agree. Uh, In less mean thoughts, Maria, it's time for What's Your Poison? What is your poison this week, Holly? So uh, this week we are going with the Soissons 15, uh, which is the French 75. To those of us who don't speak French. (laughs) Well, and in case you've ever wondered, also numbers are always hard in any, any foreign language, but the the it's just a little fun quirk that in french 75 really means 6015 oh really yeah before i even start with this i will say that if you go looking for recipes for the french 75 or le 75 uh you will see uh, uh, variations because some use gin and some use cognac 
Oh, I didn't see that. I only saw the ones that used gin. Oh, That's yes. This is a fun argument to get into with bartenders. Um, ah. <laughs> or just to just, you know, not an argument, even just a discussion. Right. Uh, right. There's there's room on my bar tab for all kinds of delightful cocktails. But I went with gin because I am not by nature a gin drinker. So I'm trying to expand my horizons. So this one is one ounce of gin, a half ounce of fresh lemon juice, a little dash or two of simple syrup. Some recipes call for a specific amount. Uh, and then three ounces of champagne or another sparkling wine is fine if you don't have champagne. So this is kind of like a Ricky. It's it's very similar to a lot of other drinks. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the base ingredients are all there. Right. Um, so you just put the gin, the lemon juice and the simple syrup into a shaker. You can also use a flavored syrup if you want to kick it up a notch. Um throw it in your shaker and shake it up with some ice and then you strain it into a chilled champagne flute and you top it with the champagne and the sparkling wine. It's, it, I'm not really a gin person myself, but it sounds delicious. It's amazingly yeah. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I used a vanilla syrup instead of just a plain simple syrup because I like vanilla and everything, obviously. So, uh, so remarkably delicious. So you also tried a different cocktail this week as well, which which is the Hemingway, which I actually was really curious about because the Hemingway is absinthe and champagne. Right. It's actually called Death in the Afternoon. It was invented by Hemingway. And I texted Maria, Death in the Afternoon should be renamed Black in the Afternoon. <laughs> and broke my heart because it was. I was like, I want to try the Hemingway and maybe I don't. Yeah, that was not a delightful of the two cocktails one was an absolutely delightful romp and one i could not finish no ma'am i like to think of uh of marie and leon sitting out those three years where they were just enjoying their wealth and buying horses and houses and, and stuff that they would sit out on their porch and have a, a 75 because it would have been invented by then it, uh, yes. there's some there's some debate about when it was invented but this is 20th century you know this is you know yeah it would have existed, but one of the things that drew me and and you to it is the fact that it kind of was a nice representation because it contained champagne yes. of like Marie's ascendancy financially. Right, I liked that it had champagne, <laughs> and I liked that it had this like really like acidic because you know like lemon juicy kind of like squirt that went into it as well. And I was like, I could really yeah. see that being Marie. <laughs> yeah. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 